As you finish doing your rounds in the hospital, a code blue comes out and you go to the patient's room and you find the patient in cardiac arrest. You start compressions and do one round of epi. Is there anything else you should be doing or consider doing during this time? Hey everybody and welcome back to the Rick U Podcast, where we keep you up to date on all the latest in clinical research. We know how busy you all are as medical students, as residents, and it's sometimes hard to keep up on all the latest literature. So in 15 minutes or less, our goal at the RICU is to review research articles published in top-tier medical journals. Today's article comes from the field of internal medicine cardiology printed in JAMA in September of 2021. The title is Effect of Vasopressin and Methylprednisolone versus Placebo on Return of Spontaneous Circulation or ROSC in Patients with In-Hospital Cardiac Arrest. We don't need to belabor how common uh, in-hospital cardiac arrest occurs. Unfortunately, outcomes still remain dismal. Uh, the article here quotes a number of uh, approximately 25% uh, survived to hospital discharge, and that was as of 2017. I imagine it's probably around the same uh, three, four years later. Similar to out-of-hospital setting, treatment of in-hospital cardiac arrest focuses on early recognition, basic life support like chest compressions and ventilation, and advanced life support like defibrillation and drugs. Uh, the only drugs that we use, and we all know this, is uh, epinephrine and uh, amiodarone or lidocaine. There were a couple of trials in 2009 and 2013 that tried to uh, test using methylprednisolone steroids and vasopressin. Uh, and for whatever reason, uh, those trials did show a significant improvement in outcomes, but for whatever reason, we just never picked up on those recommendations. So now there's this new trial called the vasopressin and methylprednisolone for in-hospital cardiac arrest, the VAM-IHCA trial, uh, that was designed to test whether vasopressin and glucocorticoids can improve return of spontaneous circulation for patients with in-hospital cardiac arrest. So just to sum it up, what is this article doing? They want to know if uh, vasopressin and steroids can improve ROSC in hospital, in hospital cardiac arrest. Daniel, why don't you get us into some of the medications here? Yeah, sure. So vasopressin, which is the first thing that we're going to discuss, is ADH. Um, it's a vasoconstrictor, and because of that effect, a lot of times this is used in septic shock. Uh, the vasoconstriction by us in relation to cardiac arrest is actually very good and beneficial because it can actually increase the coronary perfusion pressure because if the heart needs to pump against more pressure, more of it's going to back up and flow through the coronary arteries. And by doing so could increase the chances of RASC and long-term survival. Despite these potential beneficial effects, trials of vasopressin in primarily out-of-hospital cardiac arrest have failed to show an improvement in outcomes. Perhaps partially this is due to the late administration of the drug in this type of setting. So moving on to corticosteroids, which is another drug that is used in the setting of septic shock as well. Corticosteroids exerts a wide range of effects on the body, um, including regulation of metabolism, inflammation, and cell proliferation. Studies in patients with cardiac arrest have demonstrated that levels of cortisol are higher in patients who have been resuscitated when compared with patients who have not been successfully resuscitated, which may illustrate an impaired endocrine response in non-survivors. 
This is supported by animal studies where the administration of hydrocortisone during cardiac arrest increased return of spontaneous circulation. Data on glucocorticoids administration during human cardiac arrest are limited and small studies have shown conflicting results. And from here I'm going to give it over to Jack who will give us the stats. Thank you, Jack. All right, so this trial was a multi-center, randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial. It was in 10 hospitals in Denmark. There was a total of 512 adult patients with in-hospital cardiac arrest, and they were randomized to receive a combination of vasopressin and methylprednisolone, or a placebo. The first dose of vasopressin, which was 20 IU, and methylprednisolone, which was 40 milligrams, or a corresponding placebo, was administered after the first dose of epinephrine. Additional doses of vasopressin or the corresponding placebo were administered after each additional dose of epi for a maximum of four doses. The placebo consisted of 9 mg per milliliter of sodium chloride from identical ampules. The trial drugs were placed in a blinded study kit, and it was brought to the cardiac arrest team by a dedicated member of the arrest team. And so the trial was double-blind with patients, investigators, clinicians, and the outcome assessors unaware of the uh, allocated treatment. The primary outcome was return of spontaneous circulation, and the secondary outcome included the survival and favorable neurological outcome at 30 days. And this was by the cerebral performance category score of one or two. Jack, do you have any problems uh, with the methods, how it was... Uh, designed or carried out, or do you think it was a solid? Uh, I think design? this. I think this was a solid design because there were other trials previously that showed positive outcomes, but the reason why it wasn't adopted is because of it wasn't a large enough trial. So this one is really large. It's actually it was it's doubled the uh, the previous trials. Okay. So, and I think by being double blinded, um, I think it's a very positive yeah. thing. So. Um, I think that was really helpful. Yeah, I, I think it's great that the uh, patients in cardiac arrest were not aware of the treatment they were <laughs> being given. <laughs> but, uh, that was good here. That's great. Um, all right, so let's let's jump into the results. Um, so the mean age was uh, seventy-one, and men being sixty-four percent of the uh, trial. And so there was one hundred of the two hundred thirty-seven patients. So forty-two percent in the vasopressin and the methylprednisolone group and 33% in the placebo group achieved return of spontaneous circulation. So that's 42 versus 33 in the placebo. This is a risk ratio of 1.3, a risk difference of 9.6%, and a p-value of 0.03. So that is significant. Uh, in the trial, the combination of vasopressin and methylprednisolone compared with placebo administered during the inhospital cardiac arrest resulted in statistically significant improvement in the primary outcome of ROSC. And there was no difference in the secondary outcome, including survival and favorable neurological outcome at 30 and 90 days. In the patients with return of ROSC, hyperglycemia occurred in 77% in the intervention and 73% in the placebo. Hypernatremia sodium was 28% versus 31 in the intervention in the placebo groups. So basically what they found is that the primary goals uh, was, was achieved. The, in, there was an increased return of ROSC and what they say, however, there was no secondary outcomes. And so what they say is that possibly post-cardiac arrest interventions have to be 
better in order to translate this effect into the improvements of longer term outcomes. So in the short term, they're getting they're getting ROSC, and that's the important part. But better post cardiac uh, treatments have to be there in order to translate that into better survivability and longer term. Why were they getting hyperglycemia and hyperhatremia, and how high were the levels? The well, the that? glucocorticoids would increase the glucose level. I understand that, but how high are we talking about, and why would it increase sodium? I was just wondering if you came across that in the article. Something to think so vasopressin is just now does affect the sodium because ADH is a very big driver of retaining water, which would drive the sodium down, and glucocorticoids, as you hyper, well know, they had hypernatremia. They had hypernatremia. This is not this is not the pondering uh, portion of the podcast. So we'll just something for the audience to think about, um, and uh, we can move on. Uh, Gabe is just trying to make me not say my question to ponder, but he's going to fail. Have no fear. So uh, what are we up to now? Um, you're supposed to give us your attending tip. So sum up this article for us. What are you going to say to the attending? Sure. So you know, there's a cold blue overhead and. Uh, you know, naturally, uh, the medical team comes running and the nurses are there and uh, fellows are coming running uh, and medical student is uh, in the back, you know, all the way in the back, uh, not even in the room trying to peek over, maybe uh, be noticed to do some CPR. And the attending walks by and of course the attending is not going to uh, be in the midst of all this. He or she lets the residents run or the fellows run the code. So uh, the attending starts uh, talking to you while the code is happening and goes, okay, uh, give me the rundown of the ACLS guidelines uh, for cardiac arrest. And uh, you know, you start going through CPR two minutes, get the, the uh, pads on, see if there's a shockable rhythm, uh, give, give epi, uh, give amio, you're, you're on your game. And uh, the attendant says, oh, that's, that's really great. It seems like you have a solid grasp on uh, your ACLS protocols. And you say, oh, and by the way, there has been a, a recent article in JAMA where they're exploring using uh, prednisolone and vasopressin during uh, a cardiac arrest, uh, which improves uh, ROSC outcomes. And I am sure your attending will undoubtedly be impressed um, with that knowledge. I think if I was your attending, I think I would scold you for bringing this up during the code itself and not prior to the code. Uh, no, you know how it is in the hospital. You're like way back. There's 30 people in that little room. Uh, uh, so you're saying that you weren't really like inside the room during the code and they turned yeah, to you. Yeah, you're in the hallway. What should course. I do next? And you said, well, there was a study in JAMA that basically said blah, blah, blah. Yeah, or during the debriefing period, you'll find time. <laughs> you'll always find time to impress. Yeah. Okay. Give us your pondering question today. We can't, we're very excited for your pondering question. So the question to ponder is as follows. In this study, it basically says that more research needs to be done to see whether or not the long-term effects of using this is beneficial to the patient or not. So the question comes as follows. Let's say we find out that these two drugs basically give the person a very, very bad quality of life in the future, but his life will be saved. So this is an ethical question to ponder, and I want to know what the right thing here to do is. Do you increase your chances of saving the patient regardless of how he might come out at the end? But let's say the chances are what? 90% that he's going to come out, you know. Why would, why would these two, adding these two drugs affect the quality of life? Because maybe you're saving some patients that would have died in the other 
what care kind for of cardiac arrest. What theory is that? Then you shouldn't have any advancements in This medicine. is a theoretical question, if this is uh, what were to come up. I'm not entirely sure what it has to do with advancements in medicine. Oh my gosh. Gabe just loves my questions to ponder. Uh, this, one, this one, I mean, I, I'm excited to, to see what the audience has to say about this. I'm sure they're going to side with me that there is no basis to your pondering question. I'm pretty sure the last four of them that we had a debate over, um, they sided with me like 95% to 5%. And within those 5%, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was just you who made five accounts. <laughs> Anyway, if you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at thericuteam at gmail.com. If you have any complaints, please put in the title Gabe, and then he will get them, and you could complain to him all of your worries and sorrows. You can follow us on Instagram or on Facebook at The Ricky Team. And as always, thank you again so much to all of our listeners. As always, thanks for joining us at The Ricky Podcast.